Hey, I want to welcome you back to the Enduring Churches podcast. I'm Alan, and I'm here with Trent, and we are having a wonderful day, and we are ready. We are ready to enlighten you with all of our great knowledge that we don't have. <laughs> yeah, that's like, <laughs> what are you, who are you talking about? I don't have a clue what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is one of those days, Alan, where I, I don't feel like I have any wisdom. I'm, I know that you've been running all morning, and I feel like I have, too. Uh, but we do enjoy this. We enjoy getting to talk about things and, and helping you to endure, for sure. That's right. And that's why we're here. We're, we're here because we believe in, in the local church, and we believe um, God wants your church to, to survive. He wants your church to thrive. And we, we are here for that very reason. And because of that, we know that, um, you know, it seems like it, it seems like um, as we've gone through this year of COVID, it really has increased a lot of things. There's a lot of good things that have increased. There's a lot of bad things that's that's increased. And one of the things that, that I've seen that's on an increase is is some of the critical nature in church trends. So tell us a little bit about uh, why this is an important topic for us. I, I agree with you, Alan. I've, I've noticed this, too. Um, it seems like, and I don't know if it's the resistance, the change that's all of a sudden coming back in. You know, churches, they had this freedom to change during COVID that um, because a lot of the times because people weren't there. Um, and maybe it's because now everybody's recognizing they come back to church and it's different. I'm not sure, but there, there is a culture or there's some symptoms of a critical culture that we want to talk about today. Um, and so um, we don't want your church to have that. And so we want to talk about some of those things so that you can, I guess, get a glimpse of the symptoms that might lead you to that and also how it affects it. And then at the end, we want to talk just a little bit about how to overcome that. And so, um, Alan, you know, criticism is is one of those, we're going to talk about criticism and complaining. And those are two big symptoms of a critical cult culture in your church. Yeah, Trent, you know, and when we think about them, you know, you did a great job categorizing them. And then I had to like, Alanify them or something like that, but um, yeah, we want to start by we when when we think about criticism, what are the things that are you're hearing? Because it doesn't always come out the same way. I mean, they're, they're different type of people, and the first thing you know is that critical cricket. You know, there's nothing worse when you're trying to sleep and you hear a cricket, right? And you got you you got to go hunt hunt that sucker down. And uh, not long before I before I moved to Texas, we had a cricket on stage that was just chirping over my sermon and um, <laughs> you know um it was so annoying and, and that's exactly what what the critical nature is isn't it trent it's, it's like that annoying little cricket it doesn't matter what's going on they've always got to find something that they're not happy about yeah and it's it's a continual thing and it just wears you down and so there may be somebody in your church, or it may be you. I, I, you know, all of us, we have our things too. You know, there are times when I think, oh, I'm, I'm good, but then I'm the one who's adding to the problem. And being a person who's just constantly critical of everything that goes on in your church can't, you know, that's a real problem. Uh, then, and that kind of leads to the, the person who's a fault finder um, in, in your 
And that can be a lot of different things, can it, Alan? Um, yeah, I think when I think about the fault finder, you know, it's that person that always, you know, they've got to come to you with every bulletin mistake. You know, they're allowed they're allowed the freedom to make mistakes, but but you're not, you know, and, and that's when I think of that fault finder. There's there's some people who do that and they're sincere and they're loving in it. And, you know, you say, oh, I'm so sorry. They go, oh, I do that stuff all the time. The fault finders like, well, if you had me around, this stuff would never happen or. I would never allow such a thing to happen. And and that's kind of that, that the fault finders always come with a haughtiness tool. Right. Yeah. And arrogance is what when you're saying that I'm like, yeah, I can picture some people over the years that I've dealt with that had that arrogance and haughtiness for sure. Um, and as you think about those two, the critical cricket, that's just constantly, you know, complaining, the fault finder who finds fault and everything. And then there's, you know, when you take an idea uh, to your church, and Dana and I, we went and we interviewed at a church in southeastern Colorado years ago. I remember this. And and everything that we brought up, they're like, oh, that'll never work. No, we can't do that here. That'll never work. And so we call them the idea incinerator. That's an Alanism. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, they, but they blow up every idea. There's, there's yeah. never, there's never been an idea that'll work, you know, you know, I mean, you would like to think that they're all like Eeyore and Winnie the Pooh, right? You know, oh, <laughs> that'll never work or this, or that, but they're not usually that way. The critical spirits are, are that way with, and then they just want to obliterate every idea. They, they're the person that has to speak up at every business meeting to tell you why every, everything that's brought up is a bad idea. You know. Well, I can't tell, Alan, and help me think through this. I can't tell if it's if it's a lack of faith on their part or a desire for control. I'm not sure which that is. I, I think a lot of times it boils down to, you know, Trent, you, one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is you are so good at giving people the benefit of the doubt. And, and, <laughs> and I, I tend to be a little bit more more skeptical i think a lot of it has to do personally with with the fact that i think they want to be noticed and they want everyone to to bow down to them they want they want their mm -hmm. own if it's not their idea then why should anyone else have their say and i i think, really think it's about you know a, a, an attention grab that's that's a good thought well, in each of these, you know, if, if you're looking at your church and you can automatically see these things, these four different people, the critical cricket, the fault finder, the idea incinerator, or even the the results rebel, that's the fourth one. Um, and so, um, and this is the person who is like, well, it never, you know, not only is the idea not good enough, but if you follow through with an idea, then the results they weren't what they should have been. Yeah, yeah. Take a take a VBS. Well, we're going to use this for VBS this year. Well, you shouldn't use that. It'll it'll never work. You know, uh, I'm going to kill that idea before you ever do it. And the church goes ahead and does it. And you know, you have a record number of kids. You know, you you were hoping for 150, and you end up with 140, and which was 40 more than you had last year. And you you baptize 10 kids as a result of it, and you know, then that person comes back and says, "Well, if you if you had done it right, you would have had a hundred. You would have had one hundred and sixty. You know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. 
it's never good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and we've all, you know, as you think about, if you've been in ministry for any number of years, we've all dealt with maybe not all four of these in, in a church, but we've had at least one or two in a church. And and so um, think about how this, this develops a, a culture in a church and, uh, you know, it leads to people complaining and it, 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 I've noticed that it kind of separates your church because you'll have some people that will be attracted to that. They'll be like, they love to join in. And you know, the Bible talks about gossip is a tasty morsel. And so they want to join in and join in mostly for the gossip section of it and complaining and all that. Um, and then you'll have some people that it will actually run off um, from your church. That you know, if you have this culture of the critical cricket, the fault finder, the idea incinerator, or the results rebel, it will run off some people from your church, won't it down? Always, always. No one wants to be around, no one wants to be that way. I mean, think about how uncomfortable it is going to a ball field and watching a kid play play ball of some sort and having a parent in the stands that's just getting on that kid uh, on their own kid for every little for every little thing or or every shot or every hit or whatever and uh, how uncomfortable that makes you feel watching that you know you feel bad for that kid you feel bad that that parent is so insecure that that they act that way and and it's embarrassing. And the same is true in a church. It's embarrassing um, when a church is known for its critical spirit. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it, we do, churches do have a, um, you know, you have a, people know, um, can't think of the word right now. I have an, a reputation. <laughs> I couldn't think of that word, Alan. Man, it's a senior thing. I don't know, man. I'm getting old. Taking some of those brain vitamins, but it's not seeming to help. <laughs> Time for brain camp. That's right. <laughs> brain scrub. Well, anyway, so, you know, church can develop a reputation of being um, critical. Again, that will attract some people because they like the gossip. Other people, though, and for the most part, it will run people off. And I can tell you it will run off pastors for sure. Always, always, yeah. Who wants to, who wants to try to lead through that, right? I mean, you, you don't want to every, you don't want every decision that's made to turn into a fight. And you know, I've actually had people in my ministry who have told me that that they felt that their role was to question everything that I've done or to question wow. every decision and say, mm-hmm. well, I might even agree with it, but I just feel like it's my job to to push back against you. And I'm like. Uh, that's great. I'm, 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 I'm grateful. Where does it say that in the Bible? Maybe. Yeah. In, in fact, you know. it says the opposite of that in scripture. It talks about unity as being the, the primary goal. And so somebody who's dividing because of complaining, that's, that's hurting the church and God doesn't like it. Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right there, but it does. It's, it spreads like cancer, right? I mean, it just, mm-hmm. It just can can take over, and like you said, it runs runs people off, and then, you know, uh, what happens? Uh, others start joining in, and mm-hmm. then you rep, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, you've got a reputation, and, and quality guests and 
and and the people that you that want to come, especially the lost, don't want to be a part of that. Oh heavens, no! And you know, it also I was wrote down some things. I want to jump back up here a little bit, Alan. That a critical spirit tears down those around us. You know, not so, most of the time. It seems to be aimed at the at the pastor or the staff. At least we take it that way. Anyway. But it, it's always breaking down someone else. And it so it steals our ability to enjoy life. If we're the person who has that critical spirit, we lose the ability to enjoy the everyday, the, the little stuff, you know, to, to enjoy those small encounters at church and, uh, and the small victories. Yeah, you know, Trent, I, I think one of the things that we need to remember is there's probably something in all of us that would probably go this direction. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think there are times we think, well, I would never be that person. I think we need to begin by by recognizing, you know, there's something that happens inside of us that, that leads us down this road. Um, there's something that, that causes that to take place in, inside of us. And we have to guard that in our hearts. We need to find solutions. And there, there are the solution solutions within. And, and in a church, there's solutions among the body, you know. But we certainly don't want to be known for being these people. So, Trent, how, how do we get help with that in our own lives so that we're not those people so we can address that issue successfully? Yeah, I'm... I think this is important for us to recognize, just like you said, because we're all able to go down that road, Alan, and we we all struggle with this from time to time. And and one of I think one of the things that if we see ourselves talking like this, it's because there's there's anger about something. And I will tell you, in in church, the issue is rarely the issue. That makes any sense at all. Um, That the thing that's being griped and complained about is not really the issue, but there's um, there's sin in, in in that person's life, or there's disappointment, or there's anger at God. Um, there's all kinds of things that, you know, it may be that you just need to start off if you've got somebody in your church that's that is this person, just sitting down and and helping them to feel like you hear them. Okay, what's what's really going on here? I feel like that you're hurt somehow. Tell me about that. And so we, we've got to kind of start with that. And uh, but the Holy Spirit in in somebody's life has to be, you know, it's that process of sanctification, growing us closer to God. And so we need the Holy Spirit's help to do that. And so that kind of leads us. We want to talk about five different things that I think that not only the Holy Spirit helping us, but it will lead us to do some things that will help us to overcome that critical nature. Yes, Trent. So the first thing that you put down was this idea that we need to submit to God. And, you know, for some reason, we have a real hang up on this word submission. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, You know, when you talk about the passage where it talks about wives submitting to their husbands, you want to start a fight uh, it's like throwing cold water on a cat man it'll, it'll cause things to boil up in a hurry um, but you're right all of us not just ladies but guys too we all struggle with the idea of submission i think 
think that's an American culture thing. Um, if you go to other parts of the world, you don't see that, um, but you really do in the U.S., that we would put ourselves under someone else. Yeah, I think it's that, that, that rugged independence. You know, I'm in, I'm, in a, I'm in a state where the secondary flag is a reminder of the, the Texas fight for independence. And, you know, there's a flag and a cannon that says, you know, come and take it. Yeah, you know, right. Like, yeah, right. Bring, bring, bring it on. And I think a lot of times we kind of have that rugged individualism. And, and it is, it's hard to submit to God and say, God, you're in control and I yield to you. And, and that can be hard. So that's important. And of course, we also need to dig into the word. I mean, we, we need to be, you know, not just hearers, but doers. And we can't do if we're not in it. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, the, the idea of starting with submitting to God puts him in, in charge. But if he's in charge, then I need to read what he has to say to me. I need to go by his rules, you know, and I need to go by his plan. Because he is God and I am not. So we submit to God. We start getting into his word. Um, and don't, not just this on Sunday, okay, well, I'll read whatever the pastor's preaching on. But are you reading on a daily basis? Are you getting in, digging in deep um, into God's word? So the word, so we, submission, reading God's word. Now, Trent, have you ever heard that old statement that for every negative thing that's said to you, you need three positive things? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and so that third one would be, you know, we need to develop a thankful heart, right? Yeah. Um, so, Alan, when you think about that, how do you do that? I mean, we talk about we need to develop that. But when you think about that, Alan, what do you do to develop thankful heart? I surround myself with people who are better at it than me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, I think that's what that's a big part of it. You know, if you're not listening, if you're not if you're not actually looking for those for those opportunities. I put a spot in my j- daily journal now where I have to come up with some things I'm thankful for. You know, mm-hmm. and there was a day I didn't sleep. I I woke up the next day, didn't feel good. Um I had a lot on my plate and I'm like, I don't feel very thankful for anything. And I just sat there and looked and and looked and looked and and then all of a sudden began to realize all the things that i did have to be thankful for but i think there are times we look at that blank slate we can't think of it but when we really get to that point it kind of starts to open up and i think what happens is when we don't take time to reflect on on thankfulness we we actually do get stuck in in the negative in that negative tailspin yeah you're absolutely right alan and i From what I've seen, and I don't have research to back this up, but I believe humanity will always tend to the negative, Um, especially if there's, you know, we have the opportunity and we let Satan kind of talk to us and we get angry and we let sin develop in our lives. We're always going to tend to the negative. And so we have to, it's a, it's a practice, just like Alan was talking about having in his um, you know, daily reading, it's time to give thanks to God. We need to do that. Um, and there's all kinds of hymns and songs that talk about giving thanks to God. We need to do that. Um, you know, take a little bit of time. It may sound corny, but count off, say every day I'm going to do three things. What things am I thankful for? And they can't be the same thing that I said yesterday. And it can't right? just be your food. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, giving thanks to God, um, it's, a, it's developing a thankful heart. And it's a, it's a spiritual um, deci- discipline that we need to, to work on. Well, so, you know, submit to God, read his word, develop a thankful heart, and then pray. Pray about this issue. Pray for grace grace in this issue and when well, Trent you made that put this note together and when you said pray for grace I, I really get the idea that you're you're praying for God's grace to overtake your critical nature is that what you're kind of talking about here yeah you know I was thinking that I need to pray for God to give me grace to give to other people because if I'm critical if I'm complaining then I am not giving grace to other people and I need to give the same grace that God gave to me I mean Goodness gracious, uh, the fact that God likes me, much less loves me, blows me away, and he puts up with me. And so when somebody does something that gets under your skin or something doesn't go the way you want it at church, I need to be able to ask the Holy Spirit to help me to have grace as I deal with other people. Am I an encourager to them, or am I knocking the slats out from under them? Yeah, that's that's important. And then there's one other thing we need to do. You got to address the issue. Mm-hmm. You know, address it in yourself um, because that's important, right? You know, you've got to be willing, Trent. If if you've got a problem complaining about stuff, get someone to hold you accountable. Give someone permission to tell you you're just being a critical spirit here. You 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 know you're being the fault finder. You're being you know whatever whatever it is you're being. Get someone to help you. And then, and it's really only after you deal with that with yourself that you're going to be able to deal with that helpfully with others. You know, it's it's really hard to help someone with the very in, when you're doing the exact same thing. Yeah, that, that's true. You know, to be able to point out and say, "Hey, are we?" and and make it as we are instead of you are, right? Um, I had a Sunday school class in the church that I pastored in Oklahoma that um, had one of the ladies came to me. And she said, you know what? Every time this class gets together, they're complaining about the government. They're complaining about everything. And it's just, it takes up half of the class time, but then just complaining about everything that's going on in the culture and in our world. And so she said, there's nothing positive. There's no joy. There's, and, and so so we had to talk and, and I, you know, I encouraged her to address it in a class. Um, and she did. I was, I was very proud of her. She did and said, hey, you know what? We, we're supposed to be different than this because otherwise you'd look just like the rest of the world. That's true. So you got to address it. So, you know, five pieces of advice there um, to help deal with that. And, you know, I want to encourage you to, if you've, if you've got a lot of this going on in your church and you're, and you're leading a church, you know, I'd say the first place to begin is to look inside yourself and see if you're, if you're modeling that behavior. Ask yourself some hard questions, you know, am I modeling this behavior? Because sometimes I think maybe inadvertently we can do that with, it, with, with other people's ideas or other people's suggestions or when people bring to us concerns and we just brush them off as they, they don't matter, um, we're actually displaying the very same behavior that we don't like. And so begin there and then come back to this list and see if you need to need to consider it as well. And I think that's the first place that we begin. 
um, in overcoming that. And when you overcome it, then all of a sudden your attitude is going to be different and you're going to be leading from a different posture. And I, I find that to be very helpful. Yeah. And so as a leader, you know, look at yourself first and, and see are these things. Are you a critical person? Or are you a fault finder? Are you, are you blowing up the ideas of others? Are you messing, you know, complaining about the results of someone else? And so, um, yeah, not only as a leader, we have to start with ourselves, but then we can look at others and we encourage them too. So, yeah, you didn't um, want to say I, idea incinerator, did you? <laughs> no, because I was afraid <laughs> I'd mess it up. <laughs> yep, you're right. Uh, oh, goodness. Well, we don't want your church to have a critical spirit. And there, these are some things that we talked about today um, to be on the lookout for as you look at your church, as you look at yourself. Are you part of the critical culture? And uh, sometimes... You know, we get so caught up in the culture of our church that we can't see and we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, hey, what what's this about? Um, Alan and I, we enjoy doing that to be able to to be an encourager. We don't try to come in and be critical. We try to be an encourager. Um, we'll help you do an assessment of your facilities, of, you know, the, your system that you have in place to deal with most things and and we just want to be able to encourage you to move toward christ and to have a positive experience so that everyone can have a positive experience in your church so alan how can they get in touch with us all right trent well they can get in touch with us on our webpage at enduringchurches.com they can they can connect with us through our facebook page they can you can uh, email us, alan at enduringchurches.consulting, trent at enduringchurches.consulting. And we would love um, love to connect with you. We would love to walk alongside you in any way um, that we can. I know these have been hard and trying days, and I certainly understand that. And I do believe that the complaining that's going on and that, that's hitting our ears is, is almost deafening right now. So you know hang in there um get help when you need help reach out um don't don't withdraw and we would love to be here for you in any way we can and we are so grateful that you took time to listen to us today um in, in all of our insanity our Allenisms, our trent isms and whatever other ism that we gave you today we we appreciate you and we look forward to catching you on our next episode thanks for joining us today